Six Figure Developer Podcast, the podcast where we talk about new and exciting technologies, professional development, clean code, career advancement, and more. I'm John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. With us today is Eagle Hansen. Eagle is a principal developer at Delegate, a Microsoft MVP and .NET Foundation member, and the creator of a Blazor test library, BUnit. Welcome, Eagle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So how did you get started in the industry? Oh, well, I think uh, I started as a gamer back in the early 2000s, 2000. I played a lot of Quake, but then I sort of realized that I you know, couldn't make a living of being a programmer, at least not with my uh, skill level. So so I you know, went to university and got my computer science degree while also working uh, part-time. So it uh, wasn't untypical in Denmark that people would, you know, get a job almost immediately while after we started computer science. And, you know, then I almost spent more time working than, uh, than studying. So it took me about, uh, I guess, 77 years or something to get my master's degree. But, uh, yeah, so mostly consultant consultancy and just uh, working with everything from PHP and Windows servers and .NET and Drupal and web uh, stuff uh, all the way to, uh, to working in, in mainframes. Uh, when I joined a bank at some point. And then I guess for the last seven or so years, I've been working more like uh, consultancy again. Uh, so a long story short, you know, the, the more classical route, I guess. Yeah, so a classical route and, and uh, full circle back to consultancy. <laughs> yeah, but for, for me, it um, I I don't know how it is in every corporation, but, but uh, I joined a fairly large bank, uh, at least the biggest bank in Denmark, Maybe even the Nordic countries, and uh, uh, there the IT was a sort of a necessary evil. Um, it wasn't the core business, and and uh, that was one thing. That was also the thing that where you, when you are in a place like that, there's lots of interests, lots of political internal things going on, which I think is quite common to big organizations. And um, I liked the consultant life better where you come out uh, and you help another company solve a problem uh, and and you don't really have to partake in that internal fighting um obviously the culture of of the consultancy matters as well but but that, that sort of suited my uh, my temperament better excellent excellent so so what are you working on these days so uh, as uh, Clayton mentioned I'm a principal developer for for delegate and and we're working uh Primarily uh, with Asia and .NET, so that's that's really nice. I get to really really geek out on on uh, on the latest technology technology around that. Uh, in my free time, uh, I spent quite a lot of time on on uh, B units, um, which I guess I started about one and a half years ago, um, which is a Blazor testing framework. Well, according to my wife, at least, I didn't spend too much time on that. Uh, but that's also very fun. It's like it's you have your own baby, and you can you don't have Customers are such that that require you to deliver um, in a certain schedule time frame. Um, well, not directly at least. So, so uh, I get to sort of really, really uh, go deep and play uh, and and uh, and experiment and and get something uh, right 
Oh, at least I hope so. So you started on BUnit before Blazor was even GA, even server-side Blazor. Yeah, I'm trying to think back. I started BUnit uh, back in February or March uh, in 2019. Uh, it wasn't called that. It was I had a very microsoft product name back then. It was called the Razor Testing Framework or something like that. I have a very long, like, very descriptive name, but uh, it wasn't very Google-friendly because it... it uh, yeah, all all the words in there were just you know random uh, or or general term keywords, but I, I watched one of um, Steve Sanderson's presentations on Blazor and got a bit excited. Uh, I think like most people uh, did uh, around that time, and then I started playing around with creating a just creating a component library, just trying it out and see what I could and couldn't do with it, and and being a fairly big uh, fan of testing development. I kind of like to say I, I, I'm not smart enough not to write tests for my code because I, it, it'll break very fast if I if uh, as soon as I start refactoring I'm, I'll miss something. So I realized there wasn't anything available to test your code with uh, in, in in place at that time. So uh, I sort of built something uh, that wasn't really you know ready for prime time at all, and um, it worked, um, but it had a few issues. Uh, then um, around September last year, I believe, uh, Steve uh, came out with his testing prototype, uh, and and that sort of I, I sort of incorporated what he had there into into what became B Unit, um, and added. Uh, so he had a lot of things where he was able to sort of get access to the component uh, you were testing and, and be more smart about how to get uh, the markup out of the component, and and that sort of basically made what I had. Uh, Something I could, you know, reasonably go out and say, tell people you can actually use this, uh, and from there it, it sort of, it's just, uh, it started getting some attention, and 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 a small community started building around that, and 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 people started using it, using it for real. So so it's been exciting, but it's it's a fun challenge to sort of be be part of something like that, and and so suddenly have people depending uh, on you delivering uh, something of a reasonable quality. Okay, so you, so you just mentioned that you can, after borrowing some code from Steve Sanderson and mixing that with the code that you already had, you can um, test the markup that's generated from a uh, component. How do you set that up? How do you actually get it to where you can use the component in the test? Yeah, this is, that's a really good question. So the first thing uh, I tried back in way back was just to see if I if I knew about my component. And and try to test against that like you would in a regular unit test. That that doesn't really work. Uh, you quickly realize because the component doesn't actually know how to produce output. Like Steve and, and the team there have made a really good decision about having clean separations of concerns uh, between what a component is and what the thing is that renders the component. Uh, and so what you need to be able to actually verify or, or, or inspect the markup that a component produces is that you need something that can take the component you want to test and render it and, and then uh, hand you back what was created. Uh, and, and this is sort of what, what BUnit encapsulates in, 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 uh, in uh, BUnit test context that you can ask to render a component and you can pass it parameters. And what you get back is a uh, an abstraction I call a rendered component. That object contains uh, the instance 
of, of the component you asked to be rendered, but it also com- contains uh, the, the raw markup that, that the component produces. But inside of that, uh, we I use AngleSharp, which is a C-sharp-based uh, library for working with uh, HTML. And it's actually a, a complete implementation of the HTML5 spec. So I pass that raw markup we get from 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 B units or from 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 basically the Blazor server runtime which I'm using in the backend. Uh, you pass that to AngleSharp, and then it passes that, and then we have uh, just the same APIs we have in the browser to query the the generated markup, which is now represented as DOM nodes in C Sharp. So you can use your query selector all. Uh, and in Blazor, actually, I have sort of some shorthands for that. I have a find and find all method that takes a CSS selector. So you can go in and in very, it feels like very, it doesn't feel like, I guess, UI testing in, in a Selenium kind of way where you have to set a lot of things up and you have to actually run that, uh, the, 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 the application in a, in, in a full instance and, and you have a browser that you're automating. Uh, maybe it's, it's headlet, but, but it's still being automated. It's, you're just running completely in C sharp and, and everything uh, you're rendering the component in C sharp and then you get the output and you can query that through the angle sharp API so that's that's I guess that's actually the, 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 the quite long answer to your question <laughs> all right so you said that that um, uh, you can use the query selector all and stuff yeah. are you using the same uh, jQuery style syntax for the um, selecting the element is it you know like a hash uh, and then the ID of the thing, and then dot for class and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, um, so I'm I'm just redirecting and doing a little bit of extra stuff, but I'm redirecting to AngleSharp, and AngleSharp has the query selector and query select all JavaScript. Well, not it's in C sharp, but it's the same ones you have in the browser, and they just take a CSS selector as input, like jQuery did, um, or, do, or does still exist, I guess. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it's it's very intuitive to work with. Uh, um, and, and you can sort of say, well, I want to, like the classic example, uh, that, that is my default one to show just what you can do with BUnit is to, everybody has have done the final new project on a Blazor and you get that click, uh, the click component where you are able to click on the button and you see the counter increase. And when you tell BNU to render that, you you get the, that rendered rendered component back, and then you can go and say, uh, we call it a component on a test. So if you are used to uh, unit testing terminology, we would call that system on a test. But since it's a component, it's a component on a test. So we have CUT, and then you say dot find, and let me find my button. So you write button uh, as the argument to the find method, and then you can say dot click on that. Which will trigger the event handler uh, on your in your C sharp uh, component, which will cause the counter to be incremented and the component to re-render, and then you can uh, go and say my my component dot find and then get the p tag for example out, which is one that is incremented there, and you can expect the text content of that. It's very simple. Um, and that's one of the goals I have with BUnit. Uh, I don't want. I want it to be fast. I want it to be very, very much like writing just unit tests of plain old C sharp objects. Yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot of uh, testing, of course, with unit testing in, in C sharp with things like XUnit. Mm-hmm. Been doing a lot with React using Jest and React testing library. And it sounds like there's there's a lot of similarities there in something like React testing library where you're selecting. Uh, an element, so selecting a component, testing the behavior of that 
uh, in a lot of the documentation and, and, and direction on using something like that, it, it's very explicit that you, you want to be sure that you're testing behavior, not just counting uh, DOM elements down. And, and because uh, when you're looking at that level of testing or testing at that level, that's usually where that that's most volatile, that changes very often, that the, the business will change their mind and want uh, components move, they want elements move, they want um, buttons to change color and change names and things like that. Or is there any direction on, on how to be effective in, in this testing model? I think so. I think another primary thing for B-Unit is that it should lead people into writing maintainable tests. And I think that addresses what you're talking about here. You don't want to have, you want to make your assertions such that if you change something in your code, that that isn't actually a change to the business rules, um, that you don't have test breaking. That's sort of, I think, uh, very Otherwise, you know what happens. Unit test gets commented out because people need to have their code in production and and their managers happy. So, with with I think with with B unit, um, you B unit doesn't dictate it. Uh, and by the way, B unit builds on top. It 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 runs inside X unit or N unit. So it's just I guess helpers or something that is added to to those you still you still need x unit or n unit so that's that's our ms test for that manner that's why you sort of have the same feel as you have unit test but what b unit does provide and i'm admit i'm not familiar with react or that testing world or angular i spent a little bit time just doing demos but i haven't really done it uh, used those things in Angular yet but what BUnit has is, is something called a semantic uh, comparer of HTML or markup in built-in. Uh, and that, that handles a lot of those typical uh, cases where you want to assert that the markup generated from your component looks in a specific way, but you will still like to retain the ability to reformat uh, the markup that is generated as long as it doesn't actually change how it would render in the in the browser. So maybe you have an element uh, in, in your component where you add another attribute to it, or maybe you move, uh, change the order of the attributes and I'm drawing in the air and, and you <laughs> listeners can't see that, but but imagine that you have an element and you maybe change the order of your attributes, or maybe you are dynamically generating the uh, C, uh, CSS classes you add to your, your class attribute in your, in your markup. Or maybe you're just reformatting uh, white space in the sort of how, how, how the markup looks in your component. And and if you use the built-in semantic comparer in BUnit to, to verify your expected versus your generator, it will actually, it'll do a semantic comparison uh, from a browser's perspective. So it'll look at the two pieces of markup and say, well, will these two pieces render the same? And if, it, if they will, it, it'll say it's still okay. Even if you change the order of attributes on an element because it's, it would it wouldn't change in the browser, and and I think that that's some of the that, that's that's one of the tricks that, that that sort of is is part of B unit, but you're definitely also, if you would like to go and and for example go in and and select a property on an element uh, or an attribute on an element and verify that it looks a specific way, you can sort of traverse the the DOM tree uh, and and select that out and do an assertion against that if that is sort of the core emphasis of, of your unit test. Uh, so, so it I, B unit doesn't really dictate any one or the other, but I think it's something that you need to think actively about when you're writing your tests. Absolutely. So we've talked about the um, 
interaction with components, being able to click a button or something like that. What about interaction from component A to component B? Like if I'm doing sort of a component integration test, do I need to set up two fixtures or two two components under test for something like that? Or how do I test through a component to another component? I think you would see that it just works as you expect. So if you have a component that has another component as a child component, or maybe you have a parent component that has multiple child components that sort of interact with each other, in BUN, you just choose, you just tell it to render the, the root component, the starting point uh, for your test, and it will run just as it would uh, in, in, in a Blazor application. It will render all the components down the, 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 the component tree, and then uh, if they have inter interactions, uh, you sort of get that interaction in, included in your test by default. I believe in React, you have the ability to render shallow or like just test the, the component you're targeting right now. And if there's any subcomponents underneath of that, it'll, it'll ignore those bits. That's a feature that uh, I am planning to add to, to BUnit as well. Um, one of the recent changes that was added to the .NET 5 version of Blazor made that possible, um, basically allowing me to control uh, the instantiation of components so it will be able to sort of uh, both mock or fake out components, but also replace them with, I guess, nothing if you're doing shallow rendering. But by default, it, 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 if you have a component that has another component inside it and you have interaction between the two, it's part of the test if you render the parent component. What about passing parameters and, and cascading values uh, and injecting services in, into those tests? How, how do we deal with that? Or is that, are there scenarios in which we can set that up and, and deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think there are two kinds, well, two and a half, I guess. But so you have services um, that you can inject into your components in in Blazor, just regular Blazor, and they are injected in through the inject uh, attribute or injected in. Yeah, I guess it's actually just inject attribute. They don't have constructor injection now. But and and then you have then you have like you said cascading values, uh, which come somewhere off from the high high up in the, the render tree. And then you just have regular parameters. Um, and then there are subcategories of different types of, of parameters there. So if you're just dealing with regular parameters and uh, cascading parameters for that matter, then when you are rendering your component, you simply uh, specify those um, uh, to the test context. So the test context has a method called render component, uh, which is generic. So it takes the component as the generic type. And then there's sort of a builder. Uh, that you pass in as as the, uh, the the argument to to the to the method, where you are able to specify uh, parameters both cascading and and normal uh, that you want to pass in into the component when it's rendered. Before you do that, if you have any services you want to inject into the component, uh, there's a services uh, collection in the test context where you use the same. Uh, add singleton or add uh, transient methods that you know from just your regular services collections in 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 C sharp or in in your program to CS file, and you can just register any services you want to pass in there. Um, so it's should be quite intuitive and, and straightforward. Now for the uh, for the complicated question. So we talked a little bit before we even got started about how I'm working on a Blazor game, a, a Blazor implementation of Mono game. And there is a lot of JavaScript interop for that. 
how do we test JavaScript interactions in BUnit? And uh, with the asynchronous nature, is there is there specifically for my purposes, is there any way to work out the timing so that I can find out if if my timings are weird? Two questions, but let me answer this last one first because yeah, that, that, that's actually pretty straightforward in most cases. Because uh, the asynchronous nature of, of, of Blazor components in general means that you will sometimes have to, and I think we know that from regular uh, UI tests, you have to wait for for some operation to complete. And it might be because you have a timer in your Blazor component that basically fires every some milliseconds or every second or something that triggers a, a new render. Um, what I have in BUnit is a way to say, wait for some state to arrive in my component on the test or wait for some uh, assertion to pass. So BUnit only runs in JavaScript. So that leads to the second question of how we test JavaScript. We don't test JavaScript in 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 BUnit because it's only C sharp, but we can test test the expected interaction there. But because it's only everything is in C sharp, and I have sort of a deep hook into the Blazor renderer that is actually doing the continuous rendering you might have with your components, the render will tell the the test uh, test context you have have instantiated every time there's a new render. So even though it's the default wait time is up to one second, uh, if you have a render after ten milliseconds, it'll try again, try to run your assertions or, or check the state you're waiting for after 10 milliseconds. And it, it'll just go back to waiting until it's notified that there's a new render has happened. So uh, so performance-wise, it performs very well, it runs very fast. So the only thing you need to be aware of is that if you have a test where you are waiting for some change to the markup happening uh, and you don't see that, but you sort of know that it's happening, it might be because you have to actually, because you have an asynchronous rendering going on in the background. Most of the time, even though you have asynchronous code there, uh, if you, for example, have a mock data service that is providing data to your component and the component in the component logic will say, uh, await my service dot get data, um, because you are in a test context where the data will be readily available, it's just a fake data source, maybe it's just an iron removal right there, then it won't actually uh, go into an a sort of asynchronous render. It will just get the data right away and render right away. Uh, so you don't have to do that extra um, waiting in, in your test. test. Uh, but sometimes if you have something that is really async, like triggered by timers and or other things like that, then, then you need to have that extra layer. But that, that's sort of, that's in there. But I think that's the most and fast part of, of BUnit, to be honest. Where things get a bit tricky with BUnit is the problem with getting back to your first question about JavaScript and how we test that interaction. Is that since it's all all C sharp, there's no JavaScript engine running your JavaScript. Uh, it's it's completely ignored. We don't actually we don't run so if you have CSS animations for for that matter, we don't run your CSS as well. So that also means that if you don't have to wait for specific animations to complete before you can click the button and continue to the next step in your test. But back to JavaScript. So what we do is. In, C in Blazor, a JavaScript interrupt is represented by the IJS runtime interface that you inject into your components. And from there, you can say invoke async or invoke void async. And uh, you get uh, you might get data back depending on which you, what you choose. Or uh, you have public methods on your component that has the JS invocable attribute on it. So that's sort of the, the two-way bridge between JavaScript and 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 C-sharp laser. Uh, 
But since IJS runtime is just a simple interface, it literally only has two methods on it. You just mock that. And you can mock that uh, with any mocking tool you like, or you can use the built-in one that is in Blazor. Sorry, that is in BUnit. So BUnit comes because it's such a common thing. So BUnit comes with a, with a built-in uh, specific tailored mock of, oh, it's sort of edging towards being a fake, <laughs> but, uh, you know, semantics. Uh, but uh, so so it's, so that, that, that's sort of, that, that's on, in the next version of BUnit, there will be an always on uh, fake or mock of, of uh, the JS interrupt. So that, and, and with that, you can, you can set up expected calls. So if you have some custom JavaScript your component is calling, you can say, well, you, when you get this call uh, with uh, this identifier, and I guess the command you want to call down or the function you want to trigger down on, in JavaScript, you, you call you call that, uh, you define that method and you define any parameters you want to match on. So similar to MOQ or insubstitute or what have you. And then you can also define what value it should return back. So if it's it's not an in invoke async invoke void async then you sort of can can provide an, an, an a value back to it so you basically fake that interaction and you can also uh, inspect the interactions that have been uh, been and the calls that have been received and you can uh, then say well I expected this call to happen so you can assert against that if that's that is sort of an important business thing for you if you want to go the other way if you want to simulate JavaScript calling into your basic component you basically when you Tell BUnit to render a component. You can you get the instance back, so you just go into the instance and then you call that method directly yourself. So that sort of that that is that is that's how it works, and and it works quite quite well. We've got a good question in chat from Surly Dev. If you're starting to adopt Blazor or tinker with it, play with it, are, are there good practices from starting off to how how you would structure your code or, or how you would make it testable or how you would integrate BUnit from the from the beginning of a project? I think this the same general structure as you you would follow with writing unit tests for any DLL, uh, any other library. Um, there's no so so what I usually would have is I would have a separate testing project. Uh, I, I prefer XUnit, but any unit works fine. And you create a test project for your for your Blazor components where you have XUnit added and you have BUnit added, and that's it. And then you always you have a ref, ref, you have a reference to your if it's a, just a Blazor a Blazor class library, then you have a reference to that. If it's a Blazor uh, client or server app, you can also just have a re, reference reference to that. And then you just I guess start with start with the first component, write a test for that, and if you want to go you know real red green factor test driven development uh, style, it, it's no problem at all. I think uh, was it Ed Sherpano and in his he he did a talk at .NET Conf, the recent .NET talk about testing Blazor components, and he he mentioned one of the advantages he liked with BU it is actually because there's no hot reload yet in 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 Blazor, which you might know from from React I guess or or similar uh, environments. But what you can do is because it 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 runs so fast uh, to test that like it's just a unit test. So you basically when you run your test, you get instant feedback. Or, or, whether your component is performing correctly or not. So you don't have to go in and maybe uh, step into a deeper level into your application uh, and then find the component you want to sort of verify works correctly and then maybe do something there. So so I think it's a good good way to actually build your Blazor components out. But one thing you would need to do is, and that's sort of where I guess it's different from just testing real or plain C-sharp object is that you have to know what markup you would expect, what HTML you want to expect out of out of your component. 
when I do this, sometimes I don't really, I have to experience, sometimes I have to sit in the browser and you know, model around with moving the H1 up and down and maybe add some attributes, changing the CSS classes around to get that look I want. Uh, and and you can, I, I usually, what I do is I, I will sit and hack, I just have a plain HTML file in my browser and I'll experiment in that and just directly in the browser tools, change things around, change the styling, change the change the indentation or whatever it is I, I want to change. And then I will move that into my test and say, this is what I expect to get out. And then I'll write my test. And then, so so that, that, that sort of could be a, a very, if you want to really test your development workflow, that, that works quite well. I guess in big organizations, people will get the markup directly handed to them from a designer maybe, and they, they just get the get the task of implementing that. And in that case, you basically take the markup that, ex, that is expected in different use cases, and then you put that into your, to your test, and then you can create your component based on that. But that's, that's just a general basic thing. Separate out your business logic from your component logic. It, it is, and I imagine with a game engine, there's quite a bit of logic in there that has nothing to do with, with Blazor as such. Put that into its own uh, classes, into its own namespace, and have just regular unit tests for that. There's no reason to involve B unit in that. I think that that's the best advice I can give on that. So one of the things with Blazor that I have found more frustrating than it should be, and really it's the only thing with Blazor that I found frustrating, is the authentication and authorization. And it's mostly probably because I'm having to create a custom authentication because we already have authentication at work and I have to make Blazor work with that authentication. Um, but I have run into issues where the authentication kicks in, like say the, the, uh, the JWT runs out. And so the page goes into its, you know, it's unauthenticated state. And then uh, you re-log in. And when you re-log in, the state of the page that you had is lost, even though it was just a, um, you know, just a, an in-page tag for the authentication. You weren't actually redirected to login or anything. Um, how can you test authentication with BUnit? So yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, I had a community member who had that exact problem. And again, uh, authentication is just a matter of uh, some services you inject into components or uh, a parent component that you render your components underneath. Um, that is sort of how the, the basic Blazor structure is. So, but there was a community member who had that challenge and I've had multiple questions on that. So, so uh, he took it upon himself to, to create a, a fake authentication um, solution for BUnit where you, where you basically just, uh, you can choose that, choose to add that uh, when you want to uh, write components that, that require any of the different um, authentication uh, primitives that are in Blazor. But basically, you you just say add fake authentication <laughs> to uh, to your test context, and then you get get an object back where you where you can control the the authentication mechanism. You can go in and say set set a username to something uh, to sort of emulate that people have been authenticated, and you can go in and set roles, and you can go in and set uh, what's it claims claims token as well. So all of the things building blocks you have in authentication is available is available through that fake uh, authentication mechanism there. So that allows you to control quite precisely what should happen in different in the different cases. I actually haven't tried it out, but I assume that you can start out in an unauthenticated state, then you can write a test where you change to authenticated, and then you can go in and change it to not be authenticated again, and then you can do an additional step in your component and see that it actually responds correctly to the changing of the authentication state. 
Okay. So, I mean, that actually sounds fairly simple, a lot simpler than I would have expected just to just add authentication and then set, set the authentication state to. I, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the smallest pull request I've gotten. Uh, it's certainly not simple, but he he managed to make it simple, and we worked a lot with uh, APIs to make it intuitive for, for for folks to use. So yeah, you know they they say simple isn't easy. So <laughs> no, certainly. <laughs> so what about snapshot testing? I know that there are a lot of UI testing frameworks out there that perform some kind of snapshot. Is that one of the functions of BUnit? Is that planned? Is that working? Yes and uh, yes. So it's planned because it's not complete. Um, but if that is something there. Uh, that is a feature that I'm currently sort of trying to improve upon, but it's a feature in, in BUnit where instead of writing your unit tests uh, directly in C-sharp code, you can actually write them in a Blazor component. I guess we can call that a Blazor test component, where you where I have some specific Blazor markup you write. You can even write... Uh, Basically, you have a component uh, markup that, that is called a snapshot test, where inside of that component, you can define your test input and your expected output. Um, and both can be a mix of HTML and you know just regular components, uh, Razor components uh, style uh, declarations. And uh, when you run your unit tests, and, and those type of tests will also show up in your test explorer, um, when you run those tests, it, it will compare the... the the generated output of your test input with the generated output of your expected markup. And, and it'll use the semantic comparer I talked about earlier. So it'll give you a very nice description of what is not correct if it's not, not the same. Uh, so what I would like to add in the future is uh, having those having, having the expected markup uh, portion automatically generated uh, for you when you run the test uh, the first time if you don't have one. Um, so I'm thinking that might be a good chance for me to play with source generators, for example. Uh, another thing that needs that is still missing from from it is also the ability to run uh, run these types of tests in other frameworks besides XUnit. So right now I only have support for because it's definitely there's no XUnit in there. It's just special it's a special type of uh, Blazor component that inherits from a from a base type called. Uh, test component base, and and then you know that's it that you need to do. So so I need to add some. Need some need to add custom test runners for for NUnit at least as well as perhaps also MS test. But yeah, there is something there, and it could definitely be improved upon. But the basic features is there. And you've already provided a couple of links, and we'll be sure to include those in the show notes. Uh, but are there other resources to help individuals get started in BUnit and and or either uh, just in Blazor itself? So I I think Microsoft has done a, done a really well really good job at just documenting Blazor. At, at if you just Google Blazor documentation. Uh, that, that's the best place to go and start and read through the documentation there in, in the docs.microsoft.com, I guess it's called. And and BUnit, just go to bunit.eaglehansen.com and I'll send a link there. I spend quite a lot of time writing a lot of documentation. Uh, and so that should be, that, that's getting started sections, that's providing input sections, that's interaction sections where I talk about how to trigger event handlers, how to trigger renders. Sometimes you want to trigger re-render manually um that whole about waiting for the asynchronous state changes and then there's a whole section about verifying output uh, markup and component state also how to customize the semantic comparer um, so for example if you want to exclude some parts of the generated output 
from a component in your comparison, you can do that. So you can sort of fake or emulate uh, shallow rendering, I guess. Hopefully there's lots of details there in the documentation. Otherwise people can come find me on, on BUnit's uh, Gitter channel. And that would, that's a link from, from, the, from the homepage to that. And also a good place to ask questions and learn more is to come into um, BUnit's uh, GitHub uh, re repository where there is a discussion page, uh, the new discussion feature of GitHub, I'm using that. So that's a good place to come and ask questions if you have something that doesn't work. Also a good place. I really appreciate if people come and provide feedback, say, this, this is this is hard to test. I can't get this to work. And sometimes, you know, um, that might be a thing we can do in BNU to make certain scenarios much easier. So definitely uh, reach out that way as well. What has been helpful in your career that you might share with those getting started or those looking to level up their careers? It's been a long time since I actually started. So, so thinking back, what I've wished, wish I, I would have known or or learned faster. And especially if you are a little bit, if you're like me, that is sort of a little bit of a perfectionist, wants to get get things right. So there's two things related to that. So if you go read read a lot, there's a lot of excellent books like like refactoring or clean code, uh, those classics. But don't take those as uh, too dogmatic, because if you have if you if you have perfectionistic tendencies, it, you can get stuck and, and really spend a lot of time just making the code look a bit prettier, a bit more clean, uh, trying to live up to to the what the gurus tell us it should look like. What I've been forced to learn while working as a consultant and working for other people's money is that uh, sometimes things doesn't have to be perfect; they just have to be excellent. And excellent is a word I like really like in 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 this context because it's it's context sensitive. Perfect is not context sensitive. It's it's a yes or no. But excellent can mean excellent under the circumstances. So, did you only have five hours uh, worth of customer time? To, to build this thing, then it should be as good as you can make it in five hours. Don't use the first four hours getting you know small details working when you can't complete the, the rest of it in, in one hour. And I still struggle with that at times, uh, le learning to, to look at things uh, in the context of the, 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 what is possible within the constraints I have for, for a given thing I, I need, to, need to build, need to implement, need to design. That is tremendously helpful. And then you also don't end up kicking yourself too hard uh, when you produce something that is less less than perfect, but you know under the circumstances very well. The corollary to that uh, is don't be too hard on yourself or your colleagues when you see some code they wrote a half a year, two years, 10 years ago. I remember when I was working for that bank and working in the, in, on, on, I, I looked in, in some old mainframe code from back in the 80s. And nobody had touched that because it works. It's not pretty. It's not best practice by any means in 2000s or two, 2020s. But it it was the best they could do with the time they had available and with the standards they had at that time. So, so I think remember, uh, I think, and especially when you're new, you are you and you maybe you read one of those great books that are out there, and you and you sort of very easily fall into that. Well, he must have been stupid, or she must have been stupid when then they wrote that code back in the <laughs> whatever that it was, uh, uh, because clearly they're not following the best practices and everybody. Uh, so, so you sort of get you know fired up by the holy fire of whatever the the people the book you've read uh, says. Uh, so, 
be pragmatic and 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 be excellent but not perfect that's i think that's uh, that's my that's that's the thing i want to work on and i continue to work on so where can our listeners go to follow you and and keep up with what you're working on uh, I think the main main place will be Twitter. So uh, it's quite easy. That's just at Eagle Hansen uh, on, on Twitter. And uh, GitHub is also a good place. Feel free to uh, ping me on LinkedIn as well. That's also, I guess, slash IN slash Eagle Hansen on LinkedIn. If you want to find me there, I'm, you know, I'm always looking for professional connections. But I'm not really on either any other social networks besides those. Eagle, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. That was Eagle Hansen. Eagle is principal developer at Delegate. He's a Microsoft MVP, a .NET Foundation member, and creator of the Blazor Testing Library, BUnit. If you like this episode, please like, rate, and review on iTunes. Find show notes, blog posts, and more at sixfiguredev.com. And catch us live each week on Twitch, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at sixfiguredev. This has been another episode of the Six Figure Developer Podcast, helping others reach their potential. I'm John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash.